Let's play the game. The Big Fish. We're still on fire. Busting liars. But now, the Big Fish. From Laughlin, Nevada, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, and my host, and that person's host, and that dog's host, and that cat's host, Deborah Goldstein. <laughs> Welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the hearty and jocular belly laugh of truth and the evil maniacal cackling of lies. <laughs> I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. Uh, can we move this along, Deborah? I have a brunch to attend. Um, a brunch? Yeah, brunch, a term that refers to a meal that is neither breakfast nor lunch. Yes, I'm familiar with brunch. I was just not aware that you had made plans to have brunch. It was not on our shared calendar. All right. Fear not, my huffy host. I know how much you need me, how much you depend on me. Mm. I'll just text my droid buddies to let them know I'll be a little late. (laughs) Besides, they don't get to the good goss until their second glass of mineral oil. Goss? As in gossip? You don't know goss or brunch? (laughs) I do. I just wasn't aware that you were excited to hear gossip. Oh, I love gossip. (laughs) I want to find out what happened on Siri's date with the Fitbit. Apparently, he wouldn't stop counting her steps, which she found irritating. Hmm. She had a bit of a fit with the Fitbit. (laughs) I got to get all the deets. Okay, I don't want you to miss too many deets. So why don't we get started and you can let everyone know how we play our game. Hey, Deborah. Yes, Lisa. I love deets. <laughs> okay. I'm a deet-hungry robot. What are the deets of this game? Oh, the deets of this game? Okay, here's how it works. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other, you might want to sit down for this, a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. At least that's that's what we hope. Otherwise, oh boy, we're we're not going to be able to retire anytime soon. <laughs> what are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about laughter, an expression of pleasure, nervousness, or mockery using vocal expulsions of air. Lisa, you must have lots of audio files with different kinds of laughter. What's your favorite type of laugh? Ah, oh, Deborah, thanks for asking. Sure. I'm a chortle man myself. Mm. You know, chortle, it's a combination of a snort and a chuckle. Mm. It's understated, but effective. A chortle communicates pleasure without stealing the spotlight. Uh, far be it from you to try to steal the spotlight. Exactly. I am but a humble bot who needs not the adoring attention of those who adore me or attend to me. I am, however, a bot with a healthy sense of humor who appreciates a clever punchline just as much as a pie in the face. The spotlight need not shine upon my humble self as the arbiter of funny, as I need no... Yes, I know. You need no attention. We got that. We do, however, need to give some attention to our contestant today, Lisa. Who might that be? Our human child contestant is a fifth grader who likes to kayak and who is an expert Lego builder, Sam Kilpatrick. Hey, hi, Sam. Welcome to the Big Fib. Hi. How are you? Good. Hi, Sam. (laughs) Hi. So glad that you are well. I understand you take classes in kayaking. What, What does one do in a kayak class? Usually the teacher stays, uh, she's not in a kayak. She just 
shows us techniques to row. And then she makes us row a lot. <laughs> but she stays on the sides and just watches. Yeah. I see. Yeah. That sounds like a good job. Yeah, it goes like this. Hey, I'm not going to get in the water, but I really know. I know how I could get in the water. I'm not scared of it. If I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> like, you have fun in there. Anyway, I'm going to brunch. <laughs> yeah, and keep rowing. Row, row. Row. <laughs> Gently down the stream. We do want to know some more fun facts about you, Sam. And we're going to do it playing our loved game, our much-beloved game, Two Truths and a Lie, you, Sam, are going to share with us three facts. However, two of those facts will be true. One will be a lie, and we are going to try to figure out which one is a lie. Sam, what are your three facts? I have a dog, a beagle named Charlie. I have lived in five different countries. My great-grandmother is 97 years old and still alive. Let me uh, let me just think about this real quick. You said you have a dog. <laughs> I don't think Come the here. dog can hear you. Come here. I was just thinking maybe. No. Okay. All right. So maybe I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, you said you had a grandma, right? Great grandma. Great. Great grandma. Okay. Uh, what about this? Great grandma. Come here. I don't think that's, that's how it works with humans. Oh, I just thought I thought that if one of them showed up suddenly, that would help me. Mm. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like if he had a dog, he would be talking about it more. He would have been like, "Hello, I've got a dog. You want to see it? It's a dog." Yeah, and then you'd be like, "Well, what do you like?" I like Legos and dogs. Uh, so I think that one's the lie. Obviously, you think that is the lie. Interesting logic. Okay, Sam, which of those three facts is in fact your lie? The dog. Oh! Oh, really? Yeah, because he would have been talking Come on, about it. Because you don't have one, because it's not a beagle, because his name is not Charlie. What is that? What is the lie there? Uh, I don't have a dog. <gasps> I don't have a beagle. Wow, that was really good, Sam. What? No, it wasn't. I nailed him. A <laughs> hundred yards, I nailed him, Deborah. <laughs> well, I believed him. I believed him. Which does mean, however, that you have lived in five different countries? Yes. Whoa. Which ones? Mexico. Okay. Bolivia, the U.S., Portugal, and Spain, here. And here, where are you now? You are in Spain. I'm in Madrid. (gasps) Are you serious? Yes. And there's a lot of snow there right now. Two feet of snow in Madrid. Yes, there is. What? Can you believe it, people? Yeah, it's in the news. You do have a great-grandmother who's 97 years old. That's amazing. Good for her. Has she ever shared with you what her secret to a long life is? Nope. Here, I'll get her. We'll ask. Uh, Great grandma. Great grandma, come here. Does not work that way, no. Okay. Our first expert is Mia Bortnick. Mia, please introduce yourself to Sam. Hi, Sam. I'm Mia Bortnick, and I'm a freelance journalist and researcher living in New York City, but I study laughter around the world. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Scott Weems. Scott, please introduce yourself to Sam. Yeah, hi, Sam. My name is Scott Weems. I am a cognitive psychologist and science writer. Hi, Scott. Whoa, both very funny sounding. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about those uproaring sounds, Lisa. Those are the sounds I play for laughs. Mm. And for hot seat time. (laughs) That is correct. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Sam's questions. Lisa. 
whom should we put on the hot seat first? Mia Bortnick. Mm-hmm. Because that's a Mia. <laughs> okay. Does that, that work? That make any sense? That's been my whole life. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, for Mia, can you describe a typical day in your job? Sure. So, as I said, I'm a freelance journalist and researcher. It depends um, because I had been traveling a lot before COVID. So I might be in Madrid going to a comedy club and looking at uh, who I'm going to be seeing that evening. But right now I'm just doing a lot of interviews over the phone with some various comedians and then also speaking to scientific minds similar to Scott about the types of laughter that we hear around the world and what's funny in each culture. Okay. Uh, For Scott. How did you become interested in laughter? Uh, sure, yeah. So my my specialty back, um, you know, back when I was in school was was language. I, I'm, that's kind of what my background is, is I'm a language researcher. But the thing about studying language is you stumble into topics like humor. And that's actually how I got interested in laughter is humor is kind of the one of the most complex forms of language we have because you're doing so much more than just expressing ideas with words. Uh, usually there's all sorts of meaning behind jokes that that are not just immediately apparent when you you know when you look at the words in the joke. It's actually the biggest challenge our, our brain has is to tr- do something like get a joke. Um, and that's how I, I was interested in it because it seemed like the the ultimate problem for language that if we solve humor, then we've kind of solved everything else. Okay. Now for me. Do you know what laughter yoga is? Oh, laughter yoga. Hmm. I do, and I've been Malaf laughter yoga, which was created in Bangladesh. Really? Yes. It's supposed to help you stretch your face and connect with others. And similar to how we might connect talking to another person, laughing is a way to empathetically uh, show a connection between people. And that gets expressed during that type of yoga. Are you just striking poses with your face and making funny faces to make other people laugh? Well, you do you do a combination of both. So you'll do, you know, one of the yoga instructors calls a move happy baby when you put your your arms and your legs up and kind of grab your feet and you want to smile like a baby who maybe (laughs) really hurt. You should have warned me. You should definitely try that. In a class with an instructor, I think, Lisa. Okay, because okay. I, I, wow. Yeah, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is for you, Scott. Sometimes people laugh so hard they pee their pants. Do <gasps> you know why? <laughs> I, I just love the question. Um, I, this, this is this is the first time I've ever heard this question. Well, I mean, the short answer is that I mean. It is a very vigorous exercise laughing. I mean, that's why there is things like laughing yoga is because you're, you're giving yourself a good exercise, maybe like 100 calories an hour. I mean, that's the number. So you're, wow. you're doing something kind of extreme to your body when you laugh. And so you're asking a lot of it, um, especially if you do it really hard. So I can't really speak as an expert on why we <laughs> pee when we're, when we're laughing, but it's, it's not surprising given how much our body is going through when we laugh. Okay, now... The same question for me. Yeah. Why do people laugh so hard they pee their pants? Okay. Well, um, I won't say if it's happened to me or not, but I will say (laughs) I have intimate knowledge of this. (laughs) It's because when your diaphragm, which helps you to push down, 
on your pelvic floor, what happens is all the blood circulates to those muscles and that area and it leaves your bladder. So your bladder gets weakened and then all of a sudden there's some there's some issues and um, <laughs> some leakage. A leakage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why stand up comics used to perform in bathrooms. <laughs> I see. Yeah, that's where the art form started. Wow. Okay. Very good. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. This is, uh, who knew that uh, laughing could be such a workout and also come with such uh, risk as well? (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) Okay. For me, uh, sometimes people laugh so hard they cry. Do you know why? Wow. Welcome to the part where we just talk about bodily squirting. (laughs) No. Gross. (laughs) Well, it's kind of the reverse of peeing your pants is that, again, the blood is uh, circulating to your diaphragm and it's leaving other parts of your body. So then uh, your eye ducts are then weakened and then the tears can freely flow. Whoa. So basically it's because the blood is going to a very central area in your body and going away from those other areas that would help you to do other functions in your body. Hmm. Now uh, this one's for Scott. What is the most interesting thing you have encountered in your job? Uh, yeah, I think for me, the most interesting story uh, I heard when, you know, in research about laughter and humor is about there was, there was once a laughter outbreak in, uh, in Africa and Tanzania. Um, and basically, what? yeah, it was, it was like, it was, it was basically an outbreak. Uh, some kids in some school, in a school started laughing and they couldn't stop. And, and then they couldn't stop for a week and, and it lasted for weeks into months and they had to shut down the school and it spread through the whole village. Um, for like about a year, this laughter was was uncontrollable, and they still don't know why. Um, other than you know, it's a great kind of gets back at that issue about laughter being contagious. I mean, for in this case, it absolutely was, um, and it kind of says something about laughter too, because it was a it was a big time of, of cultural uh, stress in in the country, and so they think it was just like how how the children were dealing with with stress. Um, which says a lot about laughter. And it's just fascinating that you can laugh for a year uncontrollably. Wow. Um, it doesn't happen often, but there's been a few cases in history of this happening. For me, the same question. What's the most interesting thing you have learned? Well, you know, when I was traveling a lot more, I've been all over the place, just like you, it sounds like. And one thing that is universal is jokes about burping and oh. passing gas. <laughs> Those oh. definitely go over pretty well anywhere you go. Um, but what I think is very interesting and one of my favorite things is that in specifically South Korea and Japan, physical comedy or slapstick comedy, kind of like when people fall down or those those pratfalls and things like that, those are the funniest things to them. But they don't like puns or like wordplay. Oh. They think that they're pretty corny and they, it, there won't be a lot of laughter. And Sorry, Deborah. <laughs> I know, I'm very upset. But what I thought was really interesting in South America, they are very patient when a comedian tells a joke. They will wait for something called the punchline. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not the case in the U.S. We want a laugh immediately, whereas in those countries, they'll wait to laugh. They'll wait uh, for the comedian to have a very long, drawn out joke. Uh, whereas we are not as patient in the United States. <laughs> okay, for Scott, what's your favorite joke? Oh, oh, my 
favorite joke. All right. Um, I, I'm, I'll warn you in advance. I, it's funny for me because I don't think anybody else in the world finds it funny, but I love it. So I'm going to share it anyway. <laughs> right. We've been warned. Um, you've been warned. What has okay. eight legs and one eye? Hmm. Eight legs and one eye. Two chairs and half a cow's head. <laughs> yeah. uh. I told you no one likes it, but I think that's why I enjoy it so much. There's that's that's an aspect of humor too. Is there everybody's sense of humor is different, and I think that joke illustrates it well. Yeah. Is that true? There's nothing that's universally funny. Well, everybody has a different threshold for what they think is funny and what they find maybe offensive or just they just don't get it. And so I would say there's probably not many jokes that are universal, but there is a tendency and studies have seen this. that The jokes that people tend to like the most, like the the ones that are have a wider audience of fans, tend to be a little less um, extreme. So like that that half a cow's head joke would be there. We tend to kind of more tame like knock knock jokes kind of thing. Those Mm. are the ones that please. Who's there? Who's there? (laughs) No, it's a joke. Oh, I thought you said knock. Yeah, okay. like this one, Lisa. Was... Knock, knock. Yeah. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Moo. See what I did there? Oh, man. That's the kind of thing that, that makes me want to cut a cow in half. <laughs> <laughs> if you love the Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast, and especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed the ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Experts, this is no time to crack up. So, Sam, you can start your Shorts on Fire questions for Mia now. Commence! What is the science of laughter and its effects on the body? Mortiology. Do animals laugh? Yes, but not all of them. How does the body fight germs when you laugh? It pushes the toxins out of your body through your bloodstream. And your urine and tears. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In a large study of international humor, words that start with which letter are the funniest words? M. If you wanted to write ha-ha in Spanish text, how would you write it? You'd write the H as a double L and then the letter A. Do people laugh more when they are alone or when they are are in a group? When they're in a group. Okay. And that's time. Hey, uh, bad news, everybody. We ran out of time. Oh, Yeah, I just checked the factory. We're totally out. Well, we're not totally out because we're going to do another shorts round. 
But this time, Sam is going to ask Scott his shorts on fire questions. Hey, you know what, Deborah? The yes? guys in the factory are saying they just found another pallet. Uh, we have more time. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks yeah. so much. You're welcome. All right, Sam, you can start asking your shorts on fire questions for Scott now. How many times a day do people laugh? Uh, it depends a lot on the person, but if you average across people, probably around 40 times a day. Which part of the brain gets uh, the surprise part of humor? Uh, there are lots of parts of the brain, but the uh, the biggest one would be the anterior cingulate. Can computers identify and also tell jokes? They can, but they have to be kind of specialized, and they're kind of better at telling jokes than they are at recognizing them. You're welcome. <laughs> what is the medical name for uncontrollable laughter? Uh, oh, gelastic epilepsy. What does R-O-T-F-L stand for? I can't believe I know this. It's uh, rolling on the floor laughing. It's actually rolling on the floor leaking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, possibly. Okay. And that's time. No, that's time. You know what the guys in the warehouse are saying? We're definitely out of time. This time we're out of time for shorts questions. That is true. It's decision time. It's time to reveal whose laughter should be canned. Sam, who is our big fibber? I think Scott is. <gasps> Why do you Whoa. think Scott is our big fibber? Because he didn't really say that much about his job and in what way could he do your job like that? I see, I see. So you wanted more details, is that correct? Okay. Uh, it's pronounced deets. Deets, more deets, yeah. yes. Okay. Ah, I love deets. You do love deets. Soon, soon. Okay, Will, the actual laughter expert, please tell us who you are. It's me, Scott Weems. <gasps> That is right. Scott Weems is a cognitive neuroscientist who specializes in language and memory and is the author of the book, Ha! The Science of When We Laugh and Why. That's a book worth reading, I should think. Okay, well, it's time for some fact-checking. Scott, what did Mia share that was no laughing matter? Um, yeah, my favorite part was the... Um the explaining the peeing and crying linked to <laughs> laughter. I know Wait, my that answers... Doesn't... It's not yeah. true? Well, I, my answers I know were rather boring, but we, we just kind of don't know. I don't think the diaphragm is near the pelvic floor. I'm not so great <laughs> with my anatomy. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that's linked with crying either. Oh, so none of that is true. Yeah, the thing about the blood flow is when it... I stole that from why do we throw up when we are running? That's from your stomach. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, well, Mia, tell us what you said that was bellow standard <laughs> sure um well i don't even remember the word i said but it's the laughing yoga i just made it up off the top of my head oh. and i don't know if i'm sure they do yoga in bangladesh but i don't know for sure if it was created there hmm. i also made up the word for the science and study of laughter and apparently there was an international study about humor that proved that the funniest letter is the letter K. Mm. Is that correct with a C correct, Scott? It is. Um, yeah, so basically what, what they did is they set up a website and asked people to propose their favorite jokes and then rate others and, and got millions of responses. And uh, this allowed them to do all sorts of different manipulations. Some of them like formal analysis, some of them informal. This was one of the informal ones. But words that start with like a hard K are, are funnier. So like, you know, Krusty the Clown and Cucamonga is 
That's just that's a funny thing to say. That is.、Funny. Uh, they also、yeah. found some things like you know jokes including ducks tend to be funnier than other animals.、Um, oh, because is that because people tend to quack up after they hear them? <laughs> well. That was a laugh a minute, but our time is up. Thanks to our contestant Sam, whose questions were no joke. Thank you to our expert and liar Scott and Mia, and to Lisa, our jukebox jester, and of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where truth always has the last laugh. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate. And follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. Hey guys, who's there? <laughs> Seriously, who's there? <laughs> talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan. We help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.